0: I'm Come on, church. Church. Well, if you don't know by now, now, welcome welcome. home. Home. Welcome to church. church. Thank you, Lord, for this moment you've given us to come together Mm -hmm. in one mind, in one language, Lord. I ask that you open the hearts that they may hear and understand the word that you're bringing today, Lord, that they be nourished built up and encouraged and edified by today's word lord and this we pray in jesus name and the people of god say amen 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 amen. urban legends i want to welcome everyone my name is george caban i'm the pastor here at pog church if it's your first time we always say this is your casa mi casa is your casa and here we get to not only worship, but also learn who God is in our lives. And um, I'm starting my series. Next week, we have a special guest coming down all the way from New York. Pastor Kyle will be coming straight from New York. Uh, Creffold Dollars Church. He's going to be coming down and, and speaking a word on that Sunday. And uh, on July 26th, we're going to have Pastor Ro. Uncle Roe will be back on Sunday. Uncle Roe. And uh, So today we're starting my series, even though we'll split it up between um, speakers that are coming, but I'll be speaking about urban legends and um, the definition of an urban legend is a modern myth, a frightening, untrue story in which the storyteller insists it's true but has no evidence to back it up. I'm sure everyone in here has had urban legends. I remember even uh, growing up, an urban legend is if the baby uh, has hiccup, puts a... (laughs) Take a little string right with saliva and just plaster it on his forehead, and that'll cover it. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that, but... You know, and uh, even growing up, uh, Urban Legends is uh, one of the ones with uh, having a friend or uh, imaginary friend. Anybody had imaginary friends growing up? No? You no, know what? Just one person? <laughs> we all, all, right? So, uh, but some take it to a whole different level. Of uh, imaginary friend uh, and the truth, and I'm gonna show you a picture of this man. It says in Spanish. It's in Spanish. But it says that uh, he killed his imaginary friend and he went to to the cops and gave himself up. Um, <laughs> urban legends sometimes will go to a whole different level. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like even when we grow when we're growing up, you know, our parents will give us certain uh, urban legends. And um, one of them was uh, El Cuco. How many remember El Cuco? If you don't know what el cuco is, so the thing is this, like if your parents say, you, you, you hold up to what they say because you honor your parents, right? And I remember, like, I was always in the refrigerator, man. I was always eating. I, so my mom needed to get me out of there, right? So she was like, El cuco's there, right? So all of a sudden when she said that, I was like, What's that? It's El cuco, right? So it just sounded rough, right? So anytime I see darkness in my mind, I was like, No, El cuco's there. What about under the bed? I mean, didn't look under the bed because el cuco was there, like, who comes up with these things, like, and the funny thing is that they're just fables, they're not true, but because you listen to it, and a lot of times we honor our parents, we believe the funny things they say to us, and another uh, urban legend is Chupacabra, they have never found Chupacabra, like, that's an urban legend, like, and then another one is, how many remember the movie Candyman, say Candyman three times, right? And I never did it at home. Like, it, it, it sounded so true, you wouldn't do it, A Bloody Mary. Yes, <laughs> yes! Bloody Mary. <laughs> that one, I know. <laughs> and the urban legends are myths that are not based on truth. It's, just a, it's a story that you go and say and, you know, like gossip. You, you hear one story, by the time I get to the 10th person, it's not even partially. It's just like a 10% truth and 90% exaggeration. And, uh, and I'm going to be speaking about urban legends because sometimes, you know, we believe certain things in church. And because it's coming from a pastor, we take it for face value, but we never really find out if it's really true or it's just a story. And today I'm going to be speaking about one of them. It's called judgment. Everybody say judgment. And now, recently, with the whole um, same-sex marriage, and so now everybody's like, the judgment is going to come of God is going to come in a America. That is it. This is it, it's over. We're done. But we got to understand that the judgment of God was taking place a while ago. And so, a lot of times they say this, and because you don't know, and you t- you put value to the person that's saying it, you take it for face value. And remember that urban legends are made to put fear in your heart. And if when it's, not, when it's not directly out of the scriptures, then when fear sets in, then we have a notion of who God is. And for the most part, me growing up, my notion of God is like, I, could, I used to say I couldn't go to a church because the walls were going to fall down. Do I have any people in here? I, I said, no, I can't go to church. I, like I knew, my conscience knew that I was so bad that I wouldn't go. I, I, couldn't, I was like, I can't be in church. I'm a hypocrite. I've done so much bad things. And see, the thing is that nobody ever told me the good news. Everybody was telling me the wrath of God. And I remember, you know, uh, even growing up, my mom was like, "Don't watch what you're doing. Papa, Dios is going to get you. So now I have my mom saying, Papa, Dios is going to get you. Then I was going to church and saying, hey, the wrath of God. So now this is me running from God. Because nobody ever told me the truth of, of who, who God is and what Jesus did. My notion of God for many years in my life was he was in the cross, dead. It was like he was dead. Nobody told me that he resurrected and that he's alive, that he's sitting in the right hand of the father. Nobody told me that. I just, my notion was that's what it was, and if you do something wrong, God's going to get you. So all along in my life, when something bad happened, guess who I blamed? I blamed God because the urban legend said that if you do something wrong, God's going to get you. But nobody ever said that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's the one behind all that. So my notion of God was an urban legend was that God was after me. And my, and when I thought of God, I thought of him in his, in his big chair with a belt. Real Puerto Rican, right? With a belt. Con correa. You know what I'm talking about. right? So every time I did something wrong, I was like, man, God's going to get me. And that was my notion of God. So I was running from God for many years because the urban legend said that when you do something wrong, God, God's going to get you. So today I want to break down some of those myths and understand that the judgment of, of God is already fell 2000 years ago and I'm not just going to tell you a story we're going to go to the Bible because the Bible is the final answer Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one goes to the father except through right so let's go to the first um I want to talk about what what um judgment is judgment is misfortune and calamity viewed as a divine punishment that's what judgment is and so we're going to go into Zechariah 389 And the reason I'm going to Zechariah is that the Old Testament is there for a purpose, and the purpose is to point to Jesus Christ. And again, I could tell you one thing, and it's my words, but when we go to the Word and God says it, His Word is the ultimate Word. And in this teaching that I'm bringing today, if you're writing down notes, you want to write down these notes, because the next time someone says the judgment of God is coming, I'm going to give you the arsenal so that you can break down that urban legend that person has in their minds. Because the Bible says that go ye and make disciples of all nations, disciples as students of the Word of God. So today we're going to learn a little something. So let's go to Zechariah three nine, and this is a prophecy that got that that was made by Zechariah. This is way in the Old Testament. This was way before Jesus came. The prophets before Jesus will talk about Jesus, right? Then then King John the Baptist and said, "Hey, this is the great Jesus that was the last prophet." But look what it says here. It says, "Careful, this is this is." Uh, The writings of Zechariah, and Zechariah is is, is writing this and speaking in behalf of God and saying, careful, high priest Joshua, both you and your friends sitting here with you, for your friends are on this too. Here's what I'm doing next. Now, he's saying to him, this is what I'm going to do. This is Old Testament. This is hundreds of years before God came, but God is always going to tell you things that have yet to come. So here he's saying what's about to come. He says, I'm introducing my servant, Branch. Everybody know who the branch is, right? Jesus. And note this. This, song, this stone that I'm placing before Joshua, a single stone with seven eyes, decree of God, of the angels of army, I'll engrave these words. Look what, it's, look what he's saying. This is so profound. When I found this scripture, it revolutionized my whole life. Because look what it says. is I'll strip this land of its filthy sin all at once in a single day all at once in a single day in other words what he did in the cross he is sort of like the bounty the quicker picker upper but that was greater so in the cross what Jesus did is this all the sins that we're gonna we're gonna commit our kids are gonna commit all the sins of the world he dealt with it how many days in one day when did he deal with that at the cross so our notion, watch this, our notion that still there's a debt between us and God is what enable us to run from God. Because in our minds, we still, when we do something wrong, we're thinking God's going to... How many here ever owed money to someone and then you saw them walking down the street? What you do? <laughs> you start ducking, right? And probably the person forgot about it, but you have it in your what? Conscience. In your conscience, you owe that person something, and they might have forgot, but in your mind, you know that when you owe somebody something and you don't have with what to pay, the first thing you do is you do what? You run. So many people have this urban legend that every time we do something wrong that we can't go before God, so what we do is we keep running from God because the urban legend says that the minute you do something wrong you're alienated either this i want you to understand this either at the cross jesus did it all or if not we're in trouble because if salvation was based on you doing good that is bad because a lot of people even on self righteous people will be like no i'm good and did you know that worry is a sin do you know that paying your bills on time is a sin The Bible said, let no debt remain outstanding except the the continuing love to love one another. So having debt that you never paid is a sin. So we always look at sin as this big thing, but sin could be as small as not loving your neighbor. (laughs) Right? So if it was based on us, how many would agree? We're in trouble. We, we, We could do maybe seven of the commandments or six of them, but the other ones, we got issues. Like some people have issues forgiving other people. The Bible says forgive because you've been forgiven. And that takes time. So what happens if something happens to you and you didn't forgive that person? Based on that, you're not going to heaven. So if, it's, if, it, if I have anything to do with my salvation, I'm in trouble. Because then I'm going to be keeping our eye on everything you're doing. And we always fail. The Bible says that we fall what? Short of the glory of God. Whether you got this close or you got that far falling short it's falling short you don't hit that that's why jesus christ had to do it all himself and we receive it from him it's a gift tell your neighbor it's a gift so here he's talking about what he's about to do in a single day everybody say single day so in that one single day it was done he did it he absorbed our sins even the sins are to come now some of us are like but what if i do this and what if i do that well the love of god comes into your life you don't want to do that Like if my wife was to tell me, George, I don't care what you do, I will never leave you. Is that going to push me to do her wrong? Because I know I can do that? No. That love, that intimate love is going to allow me to protect myself and protect her heart. So what God did in the cross is he gave us his love. Doesn't mean you're going to go and do all the wrong things. It's just not beneficial for us. But out of love, you'll do more things out of love than you will do out of fear. How many was here in the first love? I, I remember the first love. I used to climb walls to go see a girl. Hello? Look at Kobe like, yep. Yeah. I climb myself too. Right? So when you first fall in love, right, Mike, what happens is you just do crazy stuff. It's as if it's a new revelation in your life, like, yo, I found love. And for that love, what wouldn't you do? Think of it. What well, do you want? You do whatever it takes. You'll climb walls, women will climb down windows. So when we understand God's love, it doesn't push us to do whatever we want. When we see that revelation of his love, it pushes not to because you don't want to hurt the one that came for you. So what happens is many people don't understand God's love, but they're quick to understand his wrath. You don't you don't need you don't need anything to help you to know that when you do something wrong, you're gonna get it. Cause if you grew up in a Puerto Rican house, you know what it was. You did something wrong. You're gonna, you're gonna get it. Woo! My mom is back there. She's like, "Mm-hmm." You still get it. <laughs> okay, you're four. Okay, how old you are? <laughs> right. So, so guess what? So we we grow up with this notion that the minute we do something bad there goes the belt so then because that's our only relationship with our earthly parents that's our that's our mindset that we have our towards god that when we do something wrong we gotta run because daddy's gonna get you and again you don't need faith to believe uh, uh that you do something right get something right do something wrong get something wrong you don't need faith for that but you need to you need to have faith to believe that it, at the cross jesus christ took all the wrath so he could be with you, walk with you, never leave you, never forsake you. Be there when you're crying and be there when you're joyful. Because many times when we're joyful, we feel like God is gone. God, gotten, God is nowhere. He's still there in the midst of your cries. I want to say in Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, this is, this is Paul talking about David. And many of you don't know who David is. David is a, a great King from the Old Testament, and he says something that is so extraordinary that they that Paul had to bring it back again. These are things of what was to come when David was around. David had to deal with his consequences, he did something wrong. Understand this in the Old Testament, if you did something wrong, then God will deal with you because that was it. You did something wrong, I'll deal with you. But something new was coming. Tell your neighbor something new was coming. So we're going to talk about what that new thing, that new relationship, that new mindset, that new thing that allows us to come on a Sunday and raise our hands up and worship God and feel God like never before because of something that happened at the cross. Now look at what it says in Romans chapter 4. Again, this is a prophecy in the Old Testament. I'm bringing the Old Testament so you guys can understand this is not something that just popped out of nowhere. This is something that was prophesied. It says, David also spoke of this when he described this happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it see we we have the mentality that we have to do certain things to earn it. he's saying he's saying I, I gotta do that he said but bless of those tell, tell your neighbor you're blessed Bless of those that don't have to what work for it. There's nothing that you can do to get closer to God. There is no uh, righteous uh, platinum, silver, gold. There's just righteousness. We all stand, whether I have a microphone, whether you're sitting, we all stand before God righteous because of what Jesus did. So here he's saying, without working for it. He says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight once and for all this is not like I was growing up and, and, and my walk with God and they will say like every time you do something wrong you come to God and, and if you don't put it under the, under the blood then you know and something happens to you you're going to die I'm like, ah, that means I have to put something into it now don't get me wrong don't mean that you're going to just run around doing all your your, your madness and, and just continue with it because the Bible says that you know your, your heart will grow cold from sin but it's, it's, it's a place of going dad Look, look, look at my relationship. I'm like, Dad, I messed up in this situation. You know what? I'm, I'm powerless. I, I, I need I need you to help me out on this situation. The Bible says that, that the spirit will tell you all things. So my relationship with God, when I do something wrong, it's not running from him. Or it's like, oh, Father, forgive me because you just turn around and keep doing it. It's like I need wisdom. How many know that every problem in our life is a wisdom problem? All you need to do is how to get out of it. So who better to go? Because a lot of times we go to the wrong people to get advice when we can go to God and he'll give us advice. And it doesn't mean that it's a loud voice. It could be that an instilled voice inside your heart that leads you into the right thing. Sometimes it's just that moment. Sometimes I've been in, in the presence of God where I've been just broken because certain things I can't. And in, in that weakness, I'm in strong just coming to God with my weaknesses like Lord I can't do this if it's not you that's why we was teaching on Thursdays that self-control is a byproduct is a fruit of the spirit because we can't do it and it has to be him in you doing those things that you can't but it has to be this watch this if God if, if the spirit of God inside of you is your power source right and that is what enables you to do these things so if in your mind you are disconnected from God because of sin that means you have no power to overcome that area I want you to grab that because if I did something wrong and God left then I am powerless to deal with my situation the only reason that I know I can deal with my situation is because the power dwells in me to do what I need to do this is where sin abounds, grace superabounds. You cannot make sin greater than grace. Grace is greater than sin. Why? It is Him in you doing it for you. And it's only when you release yourself. This is good. It's only when you release that over to Him, because a lot of times we try to figure things out and then blame God for the, the, the outcome. And not giving that situation or that problem over to God. Say, you take care of it. Give me the wisdom to get over on this. This is the best one thing that we have in our walk with God. Is the ability to have God in our side. And if God for us, who? 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 I told my, my daughter. She was like, oh, it's dark over there. I'm not going to go in there. And I said, come here. Let's go to Romans 8.31. Read it. She says, hey, "If God for us. Who could be against us? I keep saying that all into the darkness. <laughs> right? So. If God for us, who against us? Sometimes we have to keep saying it over and over and over and over until you get that boldness like, hold on, God is in me? The Bible says that when they went fishing, Peter went fishing, they couldn't catch nothing. They did nothing. And they came up to, to Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm going to go in the boat. and We're going to go fishing. He said, Master, we didn't catch anything all night. Like, we're just going to waste our time. He says, I'm going to go in the boat and go and throw out your nets with an S. He only brought one net. The thing is this, that when, you, when Jesus is in the boat, things happen. When Jesus is in your life, things happen. It says the, in Romans chapter 1, it says the power of God is at the cross. The power that we couldn't do things. The power that, you know, whatever you said, nothing happens. We have the power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave, the same spirit that dwells inside of you. That is powerful. So here, we're going to go to... Let's go to John chapter 12... Is the voice edition. So here is Jesus, and his disciples don't understand what's going on. They, they, they hung out with him, but they didn't believe him. He did all these miracles, and even after Jesus resurrected, they said now they believe. That was three and a half years later. So mind you, if they were walking with Jesus and it was hard to believe what he was about to do, I'm sure it is pretty hard for us to get it ourselves because we didn't walk with him. Let's go to John. Now, remember I was saying judgment, right? And I was saying what judgment was, right? It's the punishment for the wrongdoing. Look what he says in John chapter, this is Jesus. He says, now, everybody say now. So he's saying now, boom, now. He says, now judgment comes upon this world and everything will change. The tyrant of this world, Satan, will be thrown out when I am lifted up from the earth then all humanity will draw to me i want you to understand where is satan gonna be thrown out of (laughs) we know that he was in the heavens right and we know that the law accuses us right and he says that he is the what accuser another word for satan is accuser so in other words he was before god before jesus And every time you said something in the law or you broke a law or commandment, he will accuse you, and then there goes a judgment. So now something was going to happen. The debt, everything was going to be, the debt of every humanity was going to be taken at the cross. So he's saying here, the tyrant of this world, Satan, will be thrown out. I know I'm running on time, but this is really good. Will be thrown out when I am lifted. So in other words, he's still there, but when I am lifted up from the earth, then, everybody say then. All humanity will be drawn to him. So you can only be drawn to him because there is no more accusations. There is no more debt. And that is the part of faith that most, I will say, 70% of the church can grab. And if you grab this, you'll be revolutionized. doesn't mean you're going to go and run do it. No, you're going to be empowered. You're going to see his love. Again, like that love, when you fall in love with someone, you don't want to do that person wrong because you love that person. And if you really love that person, you don't want to hurt their heart, right? So because of love, you restrain. See, when you understand the love of God, it restrains you because you're not going to. I can do all things, Paul said, but not all things are beneficial. So I'm not going to cross the line because it's not beneficial, number one. And I don't want to hurt he who is with me. Watch this. He goes another, another, another interpretation uh, in the Amplified. He says, now the judgment crisis of this world is coming on sentence So the judgment of this world was going to be sentenced and is now being passed on this world. Now the ruler, evil genius prince of this world, shall be casted out, expelled. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth on the cross, I will draw and attract all men, Gentiles as well, as Jews to myself he said this to signify in what manner he will die now this is profound because Again, at that moment, he's telling his disciples, he's telling everyone, even before he said this, it was a great voice from heaven. And it was like, that was so you guys could understand who I am. And now he goes and makes this statement because it could be backed up by the voice of the Father. And he says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me because the judgment of this world was going to be taken upon him. See, the judgment of the world was taken upon Jesus Christ at the cross. A lot of people say, listen, I, I even heard this recently. From a pastor, he says, "If God doesn't judge the world because of what's going on, He's gotta He's gotta say sorry to Sodom and Gomorrah." Now, Sodom and Gomorrah was a place that the judgment of God fell because there was no righteous men; they were doing crazy things. And the conversation that Abraham had with God was this: God said, "Look, I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna destroy Sodom and Gomorrah," and Abraham. Was bold to be arguing with God and says, Ho, oh, oh. ho. If there was 50 righteous men there, now what does righteous mean? Righteous mean and right standing with God because they believe. He says, There are 50, would you would you not destroy it? God said, Yes, for 50, for 50 I won't destroy it. He said, Would you do it for 40? He says, For 40, I won't destroy. It. For 30. He said, For 30 I won't destroy. He went all the way down to 10. He said, if there's 10. Would you not destroy? We know in the story that he went and continued doing what he did because there was not even 10 righteous. We have more than 10 righteous just in this this building right now. So for the judgment to fall because of some wrongdoing, then that's going to happen. You want me to tell you when it's going to happen? When the church leaves. If you come to church one day and I'm preaching and the microphone falls and you're still here, (laughs) you're in a bad position. Because the Bible says that he's going to come and take his church. And then comes the seven years. And then it's a whole different story. But right now we're in the in in, in the, the ministry of grace. It's a moment of grace that allows us, because of what Jesus did on the cross, to be in relationship with him. And I just want to bring one last verse, Revelations 12. Revelations 12. So the last verse. Now, this is revelation. This is something that happened. It's something that's being revealed. And here we see the whole thing of Jesus Christ at the cross. It says, then I heard a great voice in heaven. It says, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed one has come. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who relentlessly accused them day and night before our God has been what? And what? silence someone who's silence can't accuse nobody he said but how did he get silenced? how how is it that he cannot do that no more why he was casted out because of what happened at the cross but urban legends has taught us differently on how we see god and how we see the cross and how we see our relationship with god and how we see our walk with god the most beautiful thing that is this is all by faith it's nothing you can do you can add it it's, it's not your attendance in church you know, so everybody's all stirred up because, oh, now it's the same-sex marriage and all that. You know, to me, it's this. I say this. Sin is sin. We all sin differently. We can't point out one greater than the other. At the end of the day, it's them and God. All we can show is the love of God and let God transform them. There's nobody in here going to transform anybody because what they're battling is that, but you might be battling something else. At the end, we all fall short. And if you want to talk about the wrath of God, look at this. Look at how God is and so awesome that you would figure the man at the cross the murderer right now we know that he was a murderer he even said it himself I'm a murderer he was killing now Jesus was with the father in heaven he was killing the beings that he created because the bible says that in the beginning when he was creating mankind it says it is good for us to man mankind they made mankind they created mankind and here is right next to him the first one a murderer he was killing people let's talk about what is that he was killing people but there's something that he allowed him to look to the side, and he saw Jesus and saw who he was, and he said to him something radical. He says, could you remember me? Could, could you remember me? He opened his heart and, and humbled himself and realized how he stood before God. He says, hey, hey, could you just remember me when you go down there? I know I've been a mess. And I, mean, I haven't been the best in my, in my life, but could you remember me? It was something that happened to that man. He opened his heart and said, hey, you know what? I'm a mess, but could you remember me? And sometimes we are at that place and we're like, we're just a mess. And we keep running around with our pride, but sometimes we just got to get to the point where we're like, could you remember me? Could you remember me? And a lot of times we don't understand why everything happens in life, but we get that moment, that one moment. I want everybody to stand. There comes that one moment in time in life where something touches your heart like never before you know for so long probably a lot of us here because of urban legends have have alienated ourselves from god and probably maybe just like if god if god was with me and if god was in control why this happened you you might have anger in your heart because of urban legends have been put down and and if those bad things happen then you was bad before god so now the one that could save you now is the enemy because in your mind, the urban legends that have been put in your mind have not allowed you to get close to God. To receive that free gift. There was something that was done 2,000 years ago. We wasn't even born. Yet he, he was carrying a cross. He was nailed with three nails, transformed the world in two sticks. For most of us, with a piece of uh, wood, and some nails will make a birdhouse. But you know what he did? He created salvation for everyone in this room. So today I just want to offer you the salvation of, of who he is and everything that he has to offer. So I want everybody to bow your heads. At the end of the day, he is the way, the truth, the life. And perhaps I just... I'm, perhaps you had... All this time the wrong perception of who God is perhaps you got into that place where you want to receive everything that's yours you just want peace I mean for the most part you ask anybody what are you looking for they say I want peace if this is you and you want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and that somehow today you come to an understanding of God like you never before I want me to follow me with a simple prayer Father, I believe you sent your son to die for me, and on the third day, he resurrected. And today, he is seated and in the heavenly places with you. Today, I open my heart. I open my mind. Come into my life. Transform my life. And take over my life right now. Here it is. I surrender my heart to you, a heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh now that I may know what love is in Jesus' mighty name.